What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. This weekend, we're headed to Alberta for Make Fashion, a high-tech, high-fashion runway show taking place at the Telesparks Science Center in Calgary. The evening of Saturday, April 2nd, models will walk the runway wearing one-of-a-kind wearable art pieces that incorporate emerging technologies. We're talking 3D printing, EEG brain sensing, and projection mapping. Attendees can expect a spectacle of style, from a cocktail dress that changes hue in response to its environment, to a set of mother-daughter skirts that act and react to one another based on proximity. The evening showcase invites audiences to gaze into a not-so-distant future where wearable technology goes beyond the wrist, where our clothing is equipped with new communicative capacities. On today's show, we're speaking with Maria and Shannon Hoover, the duo behind Make Fashion. It's an exciting episode, and it starts right now. Shannon and Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, thank you. So for those who aren't familiar, tell us about Make Fashion. So we started four and a half years ago now. This is, we're coming into our fourth uh, annual show now. And the idea in the beginning was just to get people engaged with wearable technology. We have a really kind of close-knit and creative community here. And, and the original idea of wearable technology turned into a fashion show. And then it just kind of took off from there. We had a lot of interest. We sold out our first show two weeks before the event, which never happened in Calgary. And then we started getting attention internationally, and we started doing the Consumer Electronics Show, and now we get invited to do shows around the world. It just kind of exploded. It was it began as a, as a hobby, and then it exploded into something that was way bigger than we originally anticipated. So that's kind of how it started. That's really exciting. I haven't been yet. I've definitely been following it, and I'm so excited to come out this weekend and see it for myself in person. So aside from yourselves, you're the co-organizers, who else is involved? Yeah, we have Chelsea Cooper. She's also one of the co-founders and marketing director. And we have our artistic director, Catherine Hayson, and Paul Sennar. She does all our video production. Uh, but between probably 40 to 50 people, there are artists, designers, engineers, and just people that are interested in, in being part of a team. Actually, I think of the last count that we had for... Just for designers and engineers, I think was was about 48 people. Yeah. And so that's outside of, like, we've got a bunch of volunteers that are helping with video editing and marketing and promotion and, and the organization team. And then when you include the models and the hair and makeup people, we'll have, we'll have well over 100 people that are, like, we, we currently have well over 100 people that are involved in the event. So it takes a village, coming. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so what can we expect to see on the runway this year and what have you shown on the runway in past? So we try and remove as many restrictions as possible. So we like to have the trends be led by the designers without us kind of enforcing anything. But it has evolved. It's been interesting. You know, our first year it was very, a lot of really rudimentary stuff, not many sensors just kind of more lighting. And now then we started adding a lot more sensors and of doing reactive to sound and light and now we're getting into into things that are much more involved so like EEG uh, sensors that detect your brain waves gesture sensors we're using bluetooth BLE and we're experimenting a little bit with and flexible mesh networking to be able to detect how close um, different objects are to each other we're integrating DMX controls so lighting controls into the pieces we're having events that are triggered through Twitter 
We're having pieces that are cloud aware. We're having devices, a lot of devices that interact with each other. One of the pieces that's being demoed has a, uh, is a, is a pocket square that, that has um, a digital business card on it. So when you tap your phone to the pocket square, it, it uploads the contact information. So, so the pieces are getting a lot more, a lot more evolved and a lot more I guess we're, we're looking to augment the human experience. So we're, we're creating things that give people a better, a better day-to-day experience. Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about right now in wearable technology and fashion technology is the new communicative capacities that are being layered into clothing. I was reading one of the artist statements there, and there's going to be a set of mother-daughter skirts that act and react to one another. Can you tell us more about yeah. that? Yeah, like I had the idea of just kind of expressing that that connection between people, and then I when I connected with our other designer in my team, Andrea Collins, you know, she has a nine-year-old daughter, and for her, it's very important that connection. So we thought about using the gesture sensor to kind of represent that that connection and choreograph a bit of the runway portion for it. So they can move their hands or their body, get the, the pieces to react, change patterns or something that kind of represent that, that connection. Yeah, the, the idea that one person's movements and one person's proximity will impact and change the other person, that's, that's kind of what that's based on. I'm really excited to see that. So, Shannon, I wanted to return to an idea that you mentioned earlier, which is about lowering the barrier for entry for artists. Maybe you could talk about that model uh, of participation for Make Fashion and tell us about why it's important to the organization. One of the things, like, I, we, we host the Calgary Maker Fair and we've been, I've been involved in the maker community for a long time. And, and for me, it was really important to, to kind of demystify technology and demystify what's out there. And so we began this as just, as just to kind of invite people in, tell people or show people that it's possible and sometimes even easy to learn new skills and to, to get involved and you know people come to us with ideas and that's all we asked for in the beginning is you come with ideas and then figure out what story it is you want to tell and so that's how we we begin any discussion on any piece what is the emotion or the story or the how do you want to connect with other people or how do you want to connect with your environment and then we then we will work together and find them the expertise or teach them the expertise they need to be able to adequately tell that story. And so, I, just an example, just the other day, we had one of our designers, our design team, is three young girls. One of them is 11, um, and she's got her 13-year-old sister involved and her 11-year-old friend involved. And they came in to work on their piece in our space, and we discussed different opportunities that they could make it better. And, by the end of it, she was laser cutting new earrings and laser cutting patterns for her skirts. And in you know, in a, in a period of a couple of days, she went from not knowing anything about laser cutting to being able to integrate it into her piece quite effectively. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, and and it's been it's been one of the most meaningful things for me as an organizer is showing how you take somebody that's got you know beautiful creative ideas. And then reducing the barrier for the technology barrier for those people to express their ideas and then seeing them finally express those ideas often in ways that is way 
more amazing than I originally would have anticipated. That falls in line with the mission of Arcloft. Maybe you could uh, tell us about that new space. Yeah, you know, we had the space as an art gallery for about five years, and almost two years ago, we started kind of working towards the idea of shifting the space into a makerspace, which is everything that we're passionate about and are doing is maker-related. And we started make fashion in, in this space, in art loft, and maker for all the meetings and workshops were here. So it just made sense for us to shift the gallery into a makerspace. And now we have 13 members that are from laser cutting, uh, 3D printing business, uh, two seamstresses that make clothing. One of them makes clothing for women that ride motorbikes. The other one makes clothing for children. A leather designer, a photographer uh, makes fashion. We have a pop-up cafe. We have uh, somebody that makes cocktail workshops. You know what What I find so amazing is, is when we opened Arcloft, our goal was to bring as much diversity as possible into the space. So we didn't want any two, any two groups that were coming in or businesses that are coming in to be the same as each other because I think part of the problem we see in society today is that people tend to, to hang out with people that are just like them and that doesn't allow for innovation or doesn't invite innovation or creativity. Where we see real innovation happen is when you get, we've seen it with Make Fashion, when you get an engineer collaborating with a designer and those two normally wouldn't collaborate. But when you put them in a room together and, and get them familiar with each other's skills and tools, and all of a sudden, the end product of that collaboration is always something that's greater than either could have imagined. And, and so it becomes very easy to create an environment where dramatic innovation happens just by setting it up so that people with different backgrounds can mix and by removing the barrier to entry. So we have, like, we've got a, a barista in here now that has become an expert 3D modeler. And we've got our fashion designers have become experts with a laser cutter and things that you wouldn't normally see, but, but all of a sudden they're changing how they do business because, because the tools and because the knowledge has been made available to them and they're, they're doing brand new things that the world has never seen before. And it's not just the cross-pollination between fashion and technology, but it's just it, it's culture and technology. It's just mixing with different people, as you were saying, that's creating that collaborative environment. Yeah, and you know, fashion and technology is a good example of this idea, that you bring two groups together that don't normally mix, and almost immediately you get innovation. But that concept applies to so many more things. I think if I'm able to speak in grandiose terms, I think it's one of the benefits of being in Canada is that we have a diverse culture and we celebrate that diversity. And that diversity leads to openness and it leads to people stepping outside of their comfort zone and learning about new things. And, and to me, it's one of the most inspiring things that I have participated in is this opportunity to be exposed to something that I don't know or understand completely and to, to be able to learn that. And make fashion is an iteration, an example of that. You bring two groups together, they collaborate, innovation happens. Shannon, how did you get into this? I know that you were talking about the Maker Festival a little bit, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey, and then we'll hear from Maria as well. How did you get involved in not only the maker community, but make fashion as well? My, my background is kind of weird, but I, you know, it's funny. You hear, I hear a similar story from many of our, from many of our creative 
people, and you know, everybody's got an interesting story when you stop to ask, but I grew up on a, in a farming community, remote farming community in northern Alberta. My dad actually homesteaded, so he had to build his own road to get to his property. And I, I grew up in a, this extremely rural environment where, like, I would go get a scoop of wheat and we would grind it and make flour and make bread out of that. And you know, I'd milk the cow before going to, to school in the morning. And, you know, I wanted to jump from my bike while I would go to the shop and build it. And the interesting thing is that environment without me knowing, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I never felt it growing up that I was being exposed to maker culture, but but now it gives me a like that understanding that anybody that a problem can be solved, um, there's always a way to solve a problem. That has kind of opened my mind to you know to looking at problems in interesting different ways. And so I went from being a farmer to working in IT, and then we opened an art gallery, and those three things all seem drastically different from each other. And now we run Make Fashion, which is this fashion technology thing. So, but but they all are kind of the same thing in that in that it's all about problems problem solving in interesting ways. And and then when Marie and I got married, her background was design, my background is more technology. We wanted to bring those two together. That led down, us down this road. And Maria, what was your background? My background is more on graphic design. I was doing consulting work for small businesses here in Calgary when I came to Canada in like 2003. We just wanted to kind of converge art and technology. And when we opened the, the gallery, I, you know, I used to represent artists that were from mixed media to digital art and hosted quite a few art openings. And the maker culture, when Shannon and I went to our first maker fest, it was quite overwhelming. It was something that, for me, had a lot of meaning to to get involved into and to be part of it. And one of the best things for me is able to provide a space where we have artists and designers and people that can come to create something in the space that is unique and they are able to prototype things and you know take a small risk and just keep trying until they get it right when you when you get involved in this community and i'm sure you're aware of this too you quickly realize that it's possible to change the world you know knowing that you can do that is 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 a very very empowering feeling and once you realize that you can make a positive impact on the world around you it's hard to do anything else I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to come and see the space and to see the show, obviously, this Saturday. Before I take up too much of your time, because I know you're probably running around with all those last-minute details, I just have one final question. In putting together a hybrid fashion and technology show, what's really interesting is you're able to take and leave elements from both industries. What do you hope that Make Fashion borrows from and maybe leaves behind from both fashion and technology? I, uh, there's a couple things that kind of immediately spring to mind. Like for me, you know, for me, I've discovered that technology is just another medium to express ourselves. Like we, we tend to think of technology as the reason why we do things, but it really is just a means to be able to create a platform for human expression. So for me, it's more about what can, what have we taken from the maker community and combined it with the fashion industry? And I think the maker community is all about is all about inclusion, and we've tried to bring a bunch of those principles into into our designs and into the way we run the show and the models that we use. And like we've tried to create a community that crosses boundaries, because I 
I think that we all benefit when we have the opportunity to learn about people with diverse backgrounds and people that think differently than we do. So that was that was the big thing that I think that we brought from the maker community and from the fashion community. The big thing that I see is when we first did our show, it was like I think we did a good job, but we didn't really know what we were doing. And and since then, we've really scaled up our game as far as doing a really fantastic, well-produced show. And there's something about, like I think part of the reason why we don't see a lot of really successful fashion technology runway shows is that you often end up with a sense that there's that there's geeks on a runway as opposed to a properly produced show. And that's right, the thing yeah. that I, we've taken from the fashion industry is, is there something that changes the way you think about something when you know people are taking it seriously? So as organizers, we take the event seriously. We produce it at a really, really high level. And when the pieces, the models come out and a designer being able to show their piece in a really highly produced show, that designer is going to be taken much more seriously than the same designer shown on a runway that isn't adequately produced. And so that was a big learning thing for me. As a technology guy, I say, let the technology speak for itself. But that's not how humans work, right? If we can create a spectacle, then you, you almost you see it in the crowd when people see our shows, is it changes the way people think. Because we're asking people to look at fashion differently. We're asking people to, to think of differently about the way that they dress and the way they interact with their environment. And if we can convince them we're taking it seriously, then they will take it seriously as well. To me, that was the big kind of mind-blowing thing that I, that I learned from the fashion industry. There's a reason why you create a spectacle. There's a reason why you invest time, effort, money, and get the proper sponsorship is because it allows you to tell a story very, very forceful, right? And that's what I think a fashion show is. So you took from the maker community the inclusion, and then you combined it with the entertainment and storytelling aspect with the fashion community, and that's make fashion. That is, <laughs> yes, that, 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 may be, that, that may be a simplified version of it, but that's, that's kind of been my take on it. Maria, you know, yeah, you know, for me, like last year when we were in, in the Bay Area and we did four shows over the weekend, at the last speech by the founder of Maker Fair, he made a comment about uh, make fashion hacking the runway and that that's really what we were doing like our models when we were in the area we we went around asking for volunteers for models and one of them was a 15 year old girl that wore a bridal gown you know seeing her so confident on the on the runway and just expressing who she was and telling the story of the team that was that was really and when 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 our, our models get the feeling that we're taking them seriously and we're treating them like the professionals. Uh, like we have uh, two of our models this year have prosthetics and they're wearing fashion prosthetics. You know, once you get to know them, they're just super awesome, powerful people. But we don't treat them any differently from anybody else. They're there telling a story and everybody is listening to that story. And like, I think, I think there's a platform that to a certain extent, the fashion industry has squandered a little bit in, in that there's, there's almost this requirement that models look and act and, and are a certain way, whereas we engage the runway as a storytelling platform, and we want everybody's stories to be told effectively. Well, you're certainly making me proud to be Canadian. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll leave it there because we're running out of time, but I'll say thank you so much for your time. I'm so looking forward to the show on Saturday, and I look forward to meeting you both in person. Thank, thank you. you. We'll see you on the weekend. That was my conversation with Maria and Shannon Hoover of Make Fashion. For more information on Make Fashion, visit electricrunway.com. We've put up links. And be sure to follow electric underscore runway on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat for updates from the Make Fashion Runway. Tune in next Thursday where we sit down with Kristen Neinliger of Sensory. Kristen has developed a sweater that can tell yourself and others how you're feeling. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future.